Grace and peace to you, and welcome to a sermon podcast from Richfield United Methodist Church in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Sign up for weekly digital content at richfieldumc.org. Subscribe, share, and get out there with Jesus to heal a broken world. Thanks for listening, and we hope you have a good experience. This podcast is the sermon on December 8th, 2019. Value Responsive Love is part two of the five-part worship series, Value Love. The preacher is Reverend Ruth Phelps, and the scripture is Acts of the Apostles, chapter 10, verses 17 through 29. Well, this is the second Sunday in Advent. It's a quiet, wondering, mysterious, holy time. My work today is to bring to mind that the Holy Spirit is in the midst of the holy, mysterious, wonderful time, making a difference in our world. We have no trouble being mindful of the Holy Spirit's work and role in the birth of Jesus. But you know, I think Pastor Nate was just plain wise to focus on Luke's writing in the book of Acts as it talks about the birth of the church. Movement that comes from wondering and mystery and hard labor, maybe, maybe not hard labor, maybe challenging labor, is God's way. If you've been able to weather the, the Sunday storms recently, you've known all about the good news after the death of Jesus. You know about the Holy Spirit coming to the people at Pentecost? and the great aha of Saul in his encounter with Jesus. You've heard about the risks of Paul as he invited his Jewish brothers to allow movement away from the law only to a new way of love and forgiveness. Love was expanding, friends, and to keep it expanding, it needed to be shared. I told Nate, this has been kind of an exciting week for me to prepare for you. We have two stories today. They have to do with Peter, not Paul. And one or two that reflect what it means for you or for me to respond to God's love. The stories come from scripture, and they might be a little dated, but the truth is that they bear some truth so exciting, even for our time. I've asked myself, well, what's it going to take for us to receive these gifts for our time? What's it going to take to get Peter off the roof? You remember Peter was on the roof last Sunday? Well, he's got to come off the roof and into the world. This is the way it is. As Peter puzzled, he sat there trying to figure out what it meant. The men sent by Cornelius showed up at Simon's front door. They called in asking if there was a Simon, also called Peter, staying there. Peter, lost in thought, didn't hear them. So the spirit whispered to him, three men are knocking at the door. They're looking for you. Get down there and go with them. Don't ask any questions. I sent them to get you. 
So Peter went down and said to the men, I think I'm the man you're looking for. What's up? They said, well, Captain Cornelius, a God-fearing man well known for his fair play, you know, ask any Jew in this part of the country, was commanded by a holy angel to get you and bring you to his house so he could hear what you had to say. Peter invited them in and made them feel at home. So there was Peter. He was just sitting on the roof, meditating, thinking about the vision. If you remember last week, we were hearing about the blanket with all the animals on the blanket. And in, uh, in that vision, Peter was having a little problem. But he heard the message that he was to take the animal, kill it, and eat. When you think about this solid Jewish background that Peter had, and oh, I think it would take a messenger sent by the Holy Spirit to get Peter moving. Messengers sent by the Holy Spirit, friends. I've already said that the Bible is full of stories about God's Spirit bringing a message or a messenger to ordinary people. This being Advent, we know the story of the Holy Spirit coming to Mary, announcing that she would bring to birth the child called Holy, the Son of God. Well, these aren't stories to entertain us. They're stories to get our attention, to move us. When you're surprised by something unexpected and you don't know what to think, could it be that you are being called to be open to God's Spirit moving you? One of my earliest encounters with the Holy Spirit, I mean, the earliest that I can remember, occurred when I was 13. Mother and Dad took me and took my sister to church in the evening to a lay witness mission, every night that week, I think. Now, that was about 65 years ago. And a lay witness mission then was a way to grow a church. Not so much now. On the evening that the youth were invited to dedicate their lives to Christ, Claretta Morrell did that. She went to the altar. She dedicated her life to Christ, but I couldn't. It felt like I was sinning in glue. I, I think I was probably arguing with myself plenty. So you can imagine how quickly I got out of that pew, ran out of church, ran to my dad's blue Plymouth car, got into the back seat, and in that very corner of the back seat began to cry. My words were, I'm so sorry. I just couldn't do that. And almost as soon as those words came out, I heard, it's okay, Ruth. I know who you are. By 40, I suppose I had experienced 
a dedicated life to Christ. Was a teacher for a while, and a mom, a wife, and a friend. But what it took was organist Joan Dunbar at Hopkins United Methodist Church, and I've been thinking about Nancy, who does the same thing, who said to me, I think you're wrestling with the ministry, Ruth. What's it going to take? Surprise. So take a little breath. That's the way it happens, friends. The next morning, reading from Scripture, the next morning Peter got up and went with them. Some of his friends from Joppa went along. A day later, they entered Caesarea. Cornelius was expecting them and had his relatives and close friends waiting there with him. The minute Peter came through the door, Cornelius was up on his feet greeting him and then down on his face worshiping him. Peter pulled him up and said, none of that. I'm a man and only a man, no different from you. Talking things over, they went into the house where Cornelius introduced Peter to everyone who had come. Peter addressed them and said, you know, I'm sure this is highly irregular. Jews just don't do this, visit and relax with people of another race. But God has shown me that no race is better than any other. So the minute that I was sent for, I came. No questions asked. But now I'd like to know why you sent for me. Well, here we have Peter, a Jewish man affected by the love of God in Jesus, who didn't fully understand why he needed to give ear to these messengers sent by a Roman centurion, but he welcomed them. He made them feel at home. He fed them. He made them a comfortable place to, to rest. Peter heard the request of the messengers that he returned with them to Caesarea, and I guess that was the time when Peter decided to trust. Something within him said, you know, Peter, it's going to be okay. Let's just go with it. The next morning, Peter and the messengers were on the road to Cornelius' house. Cornelius was ready, we hear. He was so excited that his knees began to take him down, and his knees and his face were full of gratitude. Now imagine that. Have you ever been on your knees in gratitude for someone that comes through your door? Had to be impressive that day. Peter had to have a sense that something unusual is going on here. Remember, he'd been on the roof, reflecting on the vision that I must not call any person profane or unclean not even a Roman centurion or his gathered friends. Well, of course, Peter was experiencing the Holy Spirit at work in his life. 
This was moving Peter into a new phase of expanding the love of God in the world by responding to the love of God for all people, Jews and Gentile believers and those who say that they can't believe. Peter responds by saying, you know, I'd like to know why you sent for me. Well, I think maybe he was responding in love to God and saying, I'm sorry it took me so long. And maybe God's response was, it's okay, Peter. I know who you are. Well, it seems to me that this is a part of what the Spirit wants to affirm this morning. It speaks directly to the good news that God has no favorites. Isn't that what you said? God has no favorites. God loves you. You're the favorite. And God's Spirit is saying, what's it going to take for you to hear and believe that I'm saying to you, it's okay. I know who you are. I believe that it was God's vision that Peter was going to open up the gospel truths of John 3.16. You can say it with me if you know it. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. First thing that I memorized from the Bible so in summary, God and the Holy Spirit gets Cornelius, the people of, of Cornelius, to Peter. And Peter, unaware of what I know to be provenient grace, experienced God going before him, just as God goes before us, making a way for us to know love and to be responsive to the love that we can't help but feel deep, deep down. Peter shows us a way and leads us to be aware that God's Holy Spirit is still at work in the world and not standing still, but coaching us to follow our own life of trust and risk and belief. I decided there needed to be a third story, and it is, it's more a story about Ruth, so you're going to have to hang on to that. You know there was a time, or maybe you didn't know, there was a time when I wondered if I would ever have a grandchild. I have four. They are precious. Ben, Joe, Jenna, and Abby. They're all in their teens now, so I've had them for quite a while. And each year, for 16 years, I've prepared an Advent calendar for them. It meant a present for each of them every single day. I've had fun, and they've loved it. Yes, they have. Except for one day. Now, these are all presents that you can find in a brown paper bag. They open it, and out comes the envelope with cash in it. But the cash is not for them. The cash is for someone else. I call it mission money. And they are to share it out in the world in whatever way they choose if they respond in gratitude to the, 
for the love that they receive themselves. Well, what possessed me with that? Didn't seem much like a present, and they've, they've struggled with it every, six, every year, those 16. But being an old teacher, that calendar was a teaching tool. And now that they're older, and we've had an opportunity to talk about what it means to receive love and to give love, I've changed it a little bit. This year, it's not quite time for it yet, but they'll pull out an envelope which will not have any money. Instead, I will ask them to do something kind or loving for someone who needs a blessing, and that will be their mission. A few days after that, the brown bag will be opened and Jerusalem crosses will come out of it. In 1997, I went with a whole bunch of United Methodist ministers to Israel. We learned what it was like for the Christian people to live in Jerusalem with a whole other race, many races of people. Well, I came home with olive wood Jerusalem crosses, four of them, and I wondered why four. And for whom? I didn't know. But this year, those four Jerusalem crosses seem to say the time is right. These crosses are for Ben and Joe, who don't go to church, and Jenna and Abby, who do, because they're ready to dig into the mystery of God's love at work right now in people of all different races and religion. I'm not sure how my grandchildren are gonna receive that gift, but the Advent calendar has become a God nudge, a vision that it's time for them to know that they are unique and unrepeatable, each one of them. They are a unique and unrepeatable gift of God love at work in this world. God knows them, just as God knows each one of you. God loves us, and perhaps we are responding this very moment by saying as Peter did, now I'd like to know just why you've sent me. I think it's because we are called to responsive love, which we value. And that's the good news this morning, friends. Amen. This has been a sermon podcast from Richfield United Methodist Church in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Copyright 2019. Now go into God's world, knowing you are a beloved child, and bear witness to the love of God so that those to whom love is a stranger will find in you a generous friend. Thanks for listening.